87%, yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something, why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just wanna to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you wanna to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something, you need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you, that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session. Coach Jason Lash, and let me rephrase, I think it's pronounced, if I want to pronounce, pronounce this correctly, I think it's pronounced Coach Jason going to lose to Michael in fantasy football, Lash. I'm pretty sure that's... Uh, I think I am the number one seed and I have the best record in the league. <laughs> Well, hold on. Oh, are we tied yet? To go there. Are you still I, I a game ahead of me? I can sleep at night. I can look at myself in the mirror and didn't have to manipulate. It's just like I made honest to goodness <laughs> moves like I do every year. <laughs> so, and hold I'm on. still number one. I got more wins than you. So, hold on. Did I break the rules? Was there a rule that I broke? Is there any way written that I... No, that no, I no. If, you can, if you can look at yourself in the mirror... You did not break any rules. If your moral compass says this is okay, forget the rules. But if your moral compass says it's okay, I'm okay with oh, it too, oh, Michael. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you. It's fine. You're okay. You're. I just. I, I'm just telling you, like just the the fact that I was able to bring greater value to the other members of the fantasy league than than sure other people. And, and that they felt compelled because of the value that I brought them to share with me great trades that allowed me to have quite a phenomenal team, I must say, doesn't make me a cheater. It simply makes me, well, a winner. <laughs> this, this went viral. Uh, and we're not live right now, right now. Oh, we're live. No, no, we're live right now. Oh, we are live? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a viral story about there was another trade that really happened that I probably shouldn't tell since we're going live, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start a disclaimer where we're going live here because Lord knows what's going on. It says it right house. on your screen. It should say that we're it live. It says recording. On... It doesn't say live, but it's all right. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're live on Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, we're live. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, for those oh, of you boy. who don't know Coach Jason Lash, he is a Club Wolf coach. He's uh, a uh, very, very successful real estate agent in a place, and, and I know it says Michigan, so he handles you know pretty much all of Michigan, but. He lives in a place called Grand Rapids, which if you've ever been to Grand Rapids in the in the middle of the winter, you you might never go back. I don't know. It's pretty cold there. Uh, and they get a lot of snow. <laughs> and so but it's, just, it's beautiful when you're inside. It's the most beautiful part of the country inside. Inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you though, truly your fall, your spring, your summers are gorgeous. That's uh, but but Jason is in uh, if I remember you're in tier five, is that correct? Yep. So tier five means that Coach Jason is closing as a real estate agent uh, anywhere from 250 to 500 transactions a year. Uh, and he's one of the smartest people I know in this industry. And most specifically, it's not even just about 
how many transactions Jason closes. It's about how much money he nets. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because so many people, they get so focused on just, you know, I got to do more transactions, got to do more transactions, got to do more transactions. And that's great. All about you guys doing more transactions, but you've got to keep some of the money you make. And, and Jason, you've been really good at that. And I want, I want to talk for a minute about what are some of the things you do to hold your money accountable? How are you assuring that you're netting as much as humanly possible? So I'm going to be very transparent here. I'm going to say something on video that I've never said. So this year, year over year, I'm actually down almost 100 units. Oh, okay. you're talking about closings. For closings. closings. Yes, closings. Yeah. So I'm, I'm down. So those tier five, those numbers that were last year, we had there's some stuff that happened this year and and yeah. it, at the day i'm the leader it's my fault so i'm, so I'm taking responsibility i fixed the problems and everything's good but year over year i just had my a call with uh mike with coach donnie and it's like yeah I'm, I'm down about 100 units year over year but do you know what you want to know something and of course i made cutbacks in a lot of different areas of my personal life but the reason why um the reason why i still have a house and and cars is because of savings and yeah. i had reserves and uh, I, and if I didn't have that, I would probably have to go get a real job. I mean, it's like, what do we have to do here? And so I, I mean, or something dramatically would have had changed while I had to completely take a step back this year. And it took about six months to completely reset my business. Mm-hmm. So, and, and going back to that, so we're talking about nets. If I'm not making enough of my transactions, I don't have savings. It, it all, it all lines, it all. You know, the, all these dominoes in place. Um, I don't know if I'm lost, but I just, you know, we, I, you know, I make sure we maximize our value on our on all of our deals, on the ways we sell homes to make sure we net as much. So I make sure I had enough savings. So thank God it made it through this year. And then also what happened was that when I was selling houses this year, we were maximizing our income and in those, not just me, but the agents on the team. Uh, and again, it, so we made it through this year and I'm really, really excited for next year. I, I'm really, really, I got a fat pipeline and we're real excited for next year. Next, we're back. I'm back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> I love it. Dude, and I look, I love where this conversation is going. And let me let me just say this. First and foremost, there's a lot of gurus out there right now that are giving what I think is horrible advice. Uh, and I'm just going to call Grant Cardone out as one of them. And I, and I don't think that he's – I think you've got to really understand what he's saying but he's, you know, I hear these people that are saying, you know, oh, I don't keep any money in savings. I just throw all that back into investing as fast as I can. And and every dollar I make, I invest and every dollar I make, I invest. And it's in, and I, and I, and, and then I've got, there's another one out there, Ryan Pineda, uh, who I think, you know, both these guys are very smart guys. They've both been very, very successful. Um, but then, you know, Ryan's out there saying, oh, you know, I only buy for, you know, I, I, or I'll, I'll buy any real estate. Just, I just, I'm buying, buying, buying. And he's trying to get good deals, but he's buying for appreciation. He's telling people, don't worry about buying for cash flow now, just buy for appreciation. And man, that scares the crap out of me. Uh, you know, I, and, and these guys all like to criticize, you know, like, um, and, and I'm, t- I'm saying pretty much all the investor gurus out there right now, uh, that have done really well over this last decade have been criticizing, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, you know, and and his whole, you know, you know, debt-free living lifestyle type stuff. And and it concerns me because they're, they're basically saying you don't need any savings. And Jason, you and I have both failed before. Yep. We we have both we've both You're gonna been, fail again too, by the way, Michael. What's that? We're not done, I'm not done failing. I'm not done screwing up. You, you, I, you're right about that. We neither one of us are. Uh, and I'm not 
<laughs> I'm not saying that like I hope I fail. I just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, the reason why we're going to do it is because we're going to keep taking chances. We're going to keep reinvesting, and, and sometimes it's not going to work. So I'm I'm not not failing. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And and so having failed, and this is having failed. What have you learned? You know, and obviously saving money is part of that. But tell me, I want you to go a little bit deeper on that. Because there's so few people that have set enough money aside to weather any kind of a storm whatsoever. So much of America is living paycheck to paycheck that any little blip on the radar comes along and they're in financial ruin. So what what have you learned along these lines? What 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 do you recommend to the people watching? First of all, there's something you said there triggered something, and uh, I don't know the exact numbers. Warren Buffett talked about having so many millions of dollars in liquid cash mm-hmm. in case there's an opportunity. So if you're taking all of your money. And it's and investing it as soon as it, as as it comes in, and you don't have reserves, which uh, this goes back to what we're talking about. You're going to miss out on opportunities. So that's another reason why you need reserves. I have no problem. I think you and I have talked before about resetting our zero. I have no problem going further into my savings if there's a phenomenal opportunity and I can afford it. So I uh, so that's that that. It kind of leans back to that. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I'm not a big Dave Ramsey guy, but I do disagree with the other people are saying there, Grant Cardone, and so forth. Um, so with all that being said, what was the question again, Michael? What have I learned? Well, I mean, what would you suggest these people? I mean, how, first of all, how much savings do you think someone should have? I mean, is it? You no, know, that's such a phenomenal question. I don't think anybody should be self-employed unless you have three to six months reserves. Minimum, if you're really, really good with your money, you can probably get away with two and a half to three months. Uh, I, if you If you don't have that amount of money in reserves, um, or if you're not that good with money, you should make it six months. Um, truly, truly believe that with a passion. If you now, that, I don't want that to scare anybody. Say I'm not getting my real estate license until I have three months reserves. Mm-hmm. No, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have a side hustle. You're going to have to be waiting tables, driving Uber. There's a million different jobs you can do even with a freaking app on your phone. So doing that, but you, you, you're you're living on beans and rice. You, you know, you, you're you're not going out to dinner. You're not going to, you know, to a nice steakhouse or anything like that. You're, you're saving your money until you get that. Now, the minimum you get, the minute you get to the amount of reserves, you have to quit that second job. Okay. So, so let's back up. First of all, when you say reserves, you say three to six months, is that of, of my normal income? Is that of my expenses? Is that, you know, what three to six months of what? That's great. So your monthly nut. Okay. Yeah. So I have all my bills. Here's my bills. This is my monthly nut. And so I spend $2,000 a month. I need a minimum of $6,000 in the bank. Yeah. If I'm not good with my money, I'm going to make that 12000 Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, I love it. That's right. And that's exactly how I feel. I would I would agree with those numbers. Um, which, by the way, by most people's accounts, especially these people that have been making all this money in the last decade, they would probably disagree with that. And and what what I think people need to remember is what's really happened in the last decade. And let's talk real estate specifically, and frankly, the stock market too. Uh, but you know, what's really happened in the last decade? It's been pretty freaking good. I mean, it's in terms of real estate, whether it's sales or investing in real estate, it's never been better than this last easy. decade. It's been super easy. And everybody won. If you just bought, the market made you successful, right? All you had to do was buy. They didn't see massive depreciation. They didn't see declines in values. They didn't see, you know, foreclosure, you know, major foreclosures. They didn't go through a lot of the stuff that you and I have been through uh, and a lot of people have been through. And I'm not trying to be chicken little here, but at the same time, and I don't know when, I honestly, I think this year is probably going to be a good year. I want to know your predictions for 2024. Um, I think it's going to be good. Well, let, let's start with this. I want to hear your predictions first. 
What, what do you think? So, what do you think in 2024? I, mean, I, I love that people talk about numbers being down or whatnot in, in, in our association, and I think it's down 27% year over year, but you compare that to the best of all time. I mean, 2022 was the best one. So we know we had no place to go but down. So are we down? Yeah, technically we are down. Yeah. Still a solid year, still a great year compared to in this year to like 2015 and 16, 17, which also were good years. So if 2022 never happened, we would be saying we had a phenomenal year this year. Uh, I, my personal prediction is I, I, I feel overall transactions are going to continue to decline. Uh, okay. Traditionally, when we do go into uh, election years, people get anxiety and put they want to see what happens. So that's just traditionally over the years, over all my years as an industry, election years are never good for real estate transactions. Now, with that being said, there is opportunities. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean there's opportunities. When I was, as, as a great coach, I, I can't remember his name. He says something like where there's chaos, there's opportunity. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll think of it after this call and, I, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll let you know who it is. So you can read his book. Um, anyway, so I, <laughs> and so, but there's opportunities for team leaders. There's opportunities for team leaders to to recruit. I mean, my market. I got so many agents looking. I, I mean, I, my calendar's filled with uh, appointments with just meeting with agents. Uh, there's opportunities for that. Frankly, leads get cheaper uh, with this. The cheapest time to get leads was during COVID. It was leads are so flipping cheap. My Google pay per click yeah. leads are coming at about a buck and a quarter each. I yep. load it up on them. So there's opportunities that are coming for those who are aggressive. For those who are going to sit there and stare at the computer, stare at social media and wait for things to come to them, they're going to do less. Those agents that were doing four or five, six, seven transactions, are their business is going to go down while us other agents are going to grab that market share. You know, I think you're absolutely right about that piece of it. Uh, 100%. I really do. What I, what I, I, I'm going to challenge you on part of this for just a second. I think that, I think that the transaction count may go up in 2024 and, and i'll tell you why interest rates are already way down i mean they're coming back fast and i mean you look at it going down i i, I do I, I see us knocking on the door of the forest before this is all said and done well i mean i'm already seeing i was talking to madison uh for those of you that don't know madison madison helix and uh, paul and chuck is my daughter she's a, a branch manager of a mortgage company and i was talking to her and she says She's already seeing owner-occupied loans right now. She's locking them in in the fives. And that's right now in the fives, which, you know, three months ago, no way. I mean, even a month ago, that wasn't happening. Uh, we're seeing non-owner-occupieds in the sixes. We're seeing, I mean, like the, the rates are coming down very, very quickly. Donnie was just on talking about he, he's he's buying, he's got three uh that he's picking up right now and and it's a, a full one percent lower than it was 60 days ago on the one he bought 60 days ago and so i think interest rates are going to have a tremendous impact uh and i think that it's not only going to free you know bring in some borrowers some buyers that weren't in the marketplace before but i also think that it's going to free up some listing inventory because i think there's people that have been sitting on their properties and and have not um, you know, mar- you know, listed those properties for sale because you know why would I trade my two or three, you know, two and a half, three percent interest rate for an eight percent interest rate? But if I could trade my, you know, three percent interest rate for a five percent interest rate, you know, and I can get the house I really want, move to where I really want to live, or whatever, maybe I do that. Uh, what do you? What do you? And, and let's back up. So first of all, what do you? What do you think about that? Do you think that dynamic could be happening? Because I'm feeling like there may be a perfect storm here for real estate agents, and this is one of those components. 
Michael, well, we're just curious. What, what year did you get into real estate, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> 1991. You're call me out on the fact that I'm freaking I'm 51 here this next month. Uh, yeah. 1991 is when I get started selling real estate. What, 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 what were mortgage rates in 1991? Do you remember? I don't even remember. They were, they were so, high. Uh, I was coming I got, in a bad time. I, I got in the business in the in the mid to late nineties, and yeah. um, it was nine percent. Uh, yeah. I remember my first. Well, I actually started on the mortgage side, like Madison's Madison was doing, yeah. and I remember writing 12, 13, 14 percent interest rates, and people were buying and selling. Uh, yep. it, it was actually a seller's market then, technically, uh, when rates were in the nines. So, um, I, I you're right. There's going to be some people going into the market here because of the interest rates there. Uh, I I just haven't uh, through my history, I haven't seen interest rates be a reflection as to uh, the real estate market like some people might think it is. And there's going to be some, and there's some that are not there. I, I people buy and sell based on lifestyle, uh, whether they have a job and a good paying job, things like that are more important. We have bad job markets. We have no real estate going on, mm-hmm. and I. I might be a little concerned about our job market. Um, political yeah. climate has impact on those things. So yeah, there will be some people that will be like, oh, great, rates are down, I can sell now. And rates are getting cheaper and I can sell now. So I, I just, my personal experience in the history that I've seen sellers markets when rates were in the eights and nights. Um, the great real estate markets. I'll buy that. That makes sense. I I, I, I can see that. Okay, now, there so- is a topic too. You should be talking to Madison. There's a wonderful opportunity for all lenders out there to be refinancing. There's a refinance boom going on right now that I'm hearing about. And uh, if there's any lenders watching this, you need to be all over that right now. Yeah. There's a lot of money. I think the mortgage industry is a wonderful industry to be in next year. Yeah. I really That's a phenomenal, that's going to be a phenomenal sector in our business next year. 100% agree. I mean, anybody that bought this last year should be refinancing right now or next hey. year at the very latest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, any lender watches if you did a mortgage six months ago or three months ago, refinance them right now yeah. for their appraisal. Get it done. And yep. So. Yeah. I mean, the, the money they'll save is is ridiculous. And so, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And, and yes, I'm very grateful for her for that. Um, yeah. That being said, another dynamic that I think is really going to impact the real estate agents that are watching. Uh, and by the way, those of you that are watching, I see we got a bunch of people watching. Type into the Facebook chat. I'm following the Facebook chat here. I've tagged Jason in the chat, by the way, Jason, if you want to follow it as well. Uh, ask sure. your questions there in the chat. Jason Jason and I would love to answer your questions. Uh, but Jason, one of the other dynamics that I think is happening is, you know, you've had a lot of agents, a lot of agents get out of this business for a number of reasons this year. Uh, and, and I think more this year than in the last decade and a half. Uh, and so as I look at that, you know, and I should say at least the last decade, we'll call it. Uh, and so now we're coming into a year where I think we're going to see good, you know, good interest rates. I think, you know, we're going to be down to your point, at least down in the fives, maybe even the fours. Um, and uh, if we get down in that range in, in, for, in time for spring, summer, I think we see a good spring summer buying season uh, as you know, and I think that it's possible that that'll again, free up some inventory. Um, but now you bring in, you bring in more transaction count. There's a whole lot fewer agents to handle it. So I think that for the agents that hung in there and that are building their pipelines actively, I think that that means really, really good years for them. What, what are your, or at least a good year. Oh, I, I, and, and that's exactly what it is here. So I, yeah. And again, I'm going to keep it in my opinion that transaction count is going to be down here but or equal to down. But those who are aggressive that are grabbing market share that are on the phones, that's so important. But the ones that are on the phones, the teams that are spending the money on lead generation and, and marketing and advertising, um, there's phenomenal opportunities. There, the, the two th- I'm, I'm excited for 2024. I've, after I'm ready for 2023 to be over. I, I ran my numbers here about a month or so ago, and I said, holy smokes, I'm going to have a phenomenal year being conservative on my projections for next year. And 
I'm super excited about it because I am one of those people that it is going out lead generation uh, that's coaching our agents. And um, there's a lot of opportunity for both grow teams and also do transaction counts. If you're an aggressive agent, your business will be will be phenomenal next year. Uh, again, if you're going to be one of those agents that sits around and waits for people to just send you business or referrals, um, I, th- I think those people are going to they're going to they're going to have a challenge. I, I, by the way, I uh, got Coach Constantine Saffris out of uh, Sacramento, California, is uh, watching and, and commenting right now. He says, Jason and Michael are on point. Uh, and yeah, Jason, I agree with what you just said, man. I mean, I think it's going to really come down to, and thank you for that, Constantine. I think it's going to come down to how aggressive they are with the process and how, you know, how aggressively are people getting out there and prospecting, making those phone calls, holding open houses, uh, you know, posting on social media, uh, and all the things that can be done as a real estate agent to be very, very, very active in the marketplace. Uh, and the people that are doing it are going to have a great year. And the people that are picking up the freaking phone. Well, and that's pick that, up the phone. Yes, pick up the phone. We, we got a money. I got a money machine. Pick up the phone. Well, and, okay. So, okay. Let's look. Okay, let's. Okay. Yes, but I want to. I'm going to. First of all, yes. Uh, I want to challenge you on that too, just a little bit, which is funny coming from me because you know I'm a phone guy. Uh, but I want to challenge you just a tiny bit on that. AI. I know you've been dabbling in a little bit of AI with Club Wealth. I know you've seen what it can do. I know you've seen what it could do. Like when you started playing, that you were very early in the process. And so you saw when it was rough and hardcore. Now it's getting even smoother. It's getting more effective. Uh, I know Coach Don Sharp, one of our coaches, is just crushing it with our I just AI. I coached Don. We just got up the call. We were talking about AI. Fifteen minutes ago, so it's killer. Okay, so then yeah. tell us what, like, how does AI play a role in this? Because we've got this conversational AI now that okay. it's hard to tell you're even talking to a computer. I'm like, I'm a little worried about AI. It might be a little bit different than my reasons why everybody else is. I'm wondering if AI is creating lazy people and lazy agents. Hundred percent. And sure. and um, uh, what AI needs to do, it needs to put the ball on the tee and tell me it's I got to go up there and swing. That's what it should be doing. I think people think this is the new uh, the new agent will be artificial intelligence will be the new real estate agent um, or lender and that's I'm worried that it's going to create lazier agents on that so I love where it's going I'm a big technology you know me I'm all about technology technology that's 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 my love language there I can really geek out over this stuff here I'm all over AI I got all sorts of ideas of what when when the technology is ready to be there and uh, and I, I, you guys are doing some phenomenal. You guys are doing you, and I've researched on. You guys are at the top of the game right now of anybody in the industry, anyways. Um, so you guys are doing some phenomenal stuff. So I, um, I just want to make sure everybody understands that AI should help you. It's not going to replace you. If you think if you're said I'm going to sign up for all these texting texting services, and 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 Chris my, is my virtual AI uh, phone caller there. If I'm going to do that instead of me picking up the phone, um, you're going to be really really disappointed. I, I don't think that technology will ever replace the agent. Okay, so hold on. First of all, I agree with everything you say except for the last sentence. I'm not, and I'm not going to say it's going to. Let me back up. I'm not saying that I think AI is going to replace the agent. Do I think it's possible? I think it's possible that it will replace low-level agents. Do I think that it's possible that it's going to replace a high-level expert advisor to someone that's buying lots of real estate or high-end real estate or someone who takes this very seriously and wants an expert advisor on their side? No, I don't. Uh, I think they want a real person. I mean, look at travel agents, right? I mean, if AI 
if AI can replace real estate agents, it could certainly replace travel agents a lot easier. And travel agents still exist and they still make a lot of money. And, and I could name other businesses uh, that are similar. It does look, and you're right, you know, we've got an AI company that we own and we're neck deep in AI and I'm not going to lie, it scares me. I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I don't know what Elon Musk knows about it, but I can tell you that he's scared of it. And I, I can tell you, man, haven't seen behind the curtains a little bit here. I'm, there's no wizard pulling the strings anymore. It's just the computer pulling the freaking strings. Uh, you know, I keep coming back to this. There was that computer. Uh, did you hear about this computer in um, in uh, Europe? I think it was. I want to say it was in Germany. There were two computers. Were you the one that told me this? Yeah, they they invented their own language and they start communicating uh, without uh, telling the humans. And uh, they had to unplug the computers because they started their own. There was, there was a documentary in the 80s made actually on this called Terminator. So, <laughs> <laughs> documentary, I love it. but I mean, really, yeah, I mean, that yeah. thing in Germany, I mean, you think about that. Yeah, no, they pulled the plug, did the they, computers they, 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 were talking to each other in a language we couldn't understand, and they didn't tell. I mean, like, at what point do we need to be seriously concerned here? And I, I don't know the answer to that, but here's let's, uh, let's there, yeah, I, the real problem is, is it's they'll regulate the good people, uh, not the bad people, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I heard just the other day, I heard a phone call uh, where this person, it was, the, or this AI sounded like it was the person's daughter, right? So this person, what this person had done, her, the daughter had left a voicemail for some company out there or some person that captured her voice, wow. caused the AI to sound like the daughter, had the daughter call the mom and say, mom, I'm stuck in Africa and I need you to send me money. Uh, and literally conned the mom into sending money to Africa to take care of her daughter. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, like this, this could be used for some serious nefarious purposes. Uh, that being said, obviously that's not what we're doing with our AI. Uh, but I can tell you that I think low level ISAs are going to become a thing of the past. I think it's, I mean, why would I pay a, a, a even a low level ISA when I can have a, 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 a a virtual assistant, dude, there was a call. Oh man, I'm tempted to play this call. I'll just tell you about the call. It was one of Don's calls. And the AI calls this, this person up and this person's like, I'm I'm not interested in selling my house. I don't want to sell my house. Most agents, most ISAs would have given up right then. They would have just find, okay, fine. You're not interested in selling your house. Great. AI asks them again in a different way. No, not interested in selling my house. I told you already, I'm not interested in selling. I have no interest in selling. Just leave me alone. Don't want to talk to you. Okay, great. Well, you know, I can totally understand that. And the AI just keeps rolling with the conversation. No emotion about it whatsoever. It doesn't bother the AI, right? AI says the final times, AI says, you know, I completely understand that you don't want to sell your house. I'm guessing when you first reach out, you know, it was either to sell your house or was it so that you could just find the value of your house? And the lady on the phone says, well, actually, I really did want to just know the value of my home. And the AI says, well, fantastic. Well, why don't I have Dawn get, reach out to you and help you with the value of your home? And the person says, well, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And they and they end up setting an appointment with Dawn to have them, have her talk to them about, about, you know, a value on her home. The reality is you and I both know anytime somebody's asking for a value of the home, they're either going to refinance or they're going to sell it sometime in the near future, right? And so what what really struck me about this was the three no's to get to a yes. Whereas yeah. most ISAs, most agents would have given up uh, in that yeah. process. So, so, okay, so knowing that, 
I also agree with you that it's it can't be a replacement for the agent's activity because again, you got to get that expert advisor on the phone with that person and in person with that person as soon as humanly possible. So what should an agent's day look like? What if I'm going to be successful coming into 2024? Okay, here we are coming into a year that's going to wipe even more agents out and it's going to make some agents, I think, filthy rich. I think some agents are going to gain massive markets there. I think they're going to have their best years in ever uh, or up to this point in 2024. What's going to be the determining factor? What does an agent need to do? I got an agent who's actually sending me messages right now. Just joined my team. His name's Remy. Um, he made 325 dials in the pond yesterday. Now, hold on. First of all, for those that don't know, the pond is basically just it's you've got all these leads and how many leads do you have right now that are in your system? About 50,000. Our, our pond's about 50,000 people. So 50,000 leads. These are leads that are not yet claimed by a particular agent on your team. They're, they're people that have been talked to and they're now being nurtured because they may be not ready to do something just quite right yet. And so you're calling them and so forth. And so a new agent on your team gets access to these 50,000 leads and gets to call on them. And he pulled, and he pulled four active buyers out of that. And this is a, he's, a, he's, been, he's been with us now for about five, six days. So I, I, I got Nikki on our team who's, uh, I think it's about six months or so in the business. We're on transaction six or seven. She's good for, you know, on, on a good day over a 100 to 150, a hundred on my team just pended his first two deals. Again, he's making about a hundred dials a day. So I, okay. So going back here. So what, what I've seen the difference and the difference between those who are really, really crushing it. And those who aren't are being very, very intentional today. There's a couple of things they're doing. They're getting up early. Uh, they're not rolling out of bed at 10 o'clock and checking Facebook and, 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 maybe going to the office, maybe not going to the office around lunchtime. So th these people are all up at 7.30. They're going to the morning huddles and they're on the phone dialing at eight o'clock. Um, I say it's the form four. Four hours a day on the phone, four open houses a week. You're going to sprint to success. If you're going to sit there all day long and go on Facebook and social media and that's your that's your former prospecting, I'm sorry. I, I just don't see that. Uh, I mean, it's great. I love social media. I'm very loud on social media, but it's at the end of the day, it's actually this much part of my day. It's actually time blocked. I want to time block that time in and that's it. But if you're on the phone for four hours a day and you're doing four open houses a week, you know, that's 20 hours of dialing. That's all it takes. That's really all it takes. 20 hours of dialing and just do, you know, a handful of open houses. What cracks me up is that's really a part-time job. Right. Uh, now, four open houses, you know, okay, so I'm going to add four open houses to that. And let's assume that it takes me, oh, let's say two and a half hours, maybe three hours for each open house. There's another 12 uh, hours a week. So I'm at 32 hours a week. And the money that you can make as a real estate agent working 32 hours a week. But here's the reality the reality is for every one person that makes a killing because at work in those 32 hours a week, which by the way, they truthfully, they end up working more because then they go on appointments and all that stuff as yeah. well. Right there's there's a thousand that fail and, and and the reason i say that is because so many people that get into this business and it's funny constantine says even more lazy <laughs> yeah like even more lazy right you know you look at and donnie was very particular he said well michael let's not fault the real estate agents for this let's not say that it's just the real estate industry it's our world it's the country right now we have lazy we have bred generations now two full generations of absolute laziness. And that's not to say that everybody in those generations are lazy. It just means that there's a, a greater propensity for laziness, a greater propensity for entitlement in these recent generations than ever before. And it's showing up in real estate. Would you agree with that? One of the things that you said uh, a while back, and I, I was wrong, yeah, we were in a mastermind, yes, the whole group uh, in the mastermind, what's more important, habits or discipline? I said, uh, I, or not, uh, habits or motivation. 
Right. And uh, and I said motivation. And there's a lot of people that are very motivated right now, but they don't want to put the work in. And uh, I was wrong about that. I really thought about that a lot. You're you're 100 right. It's about having those habits. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's such a sense of entitlement. People feel that they deserve this because for whatever reason they deserve to be successful and they deserve to do it without putting in the work. I I, I I'm disappointed that that's what our culture is turning into, but that is what it is. And um, there's still some of us out there that are willing to work. Um, I just went on an expired listing and just listed a half million dollar property. I, you know, I got that from picking up the phone, had to call him seven times, finally got him on the phone, ran right to the house, got things signed right away. And, but that doesn't happen if I'm not working. And that's, but there's nothing special about me, Michael. The difference is, is that I have a habit of going out working and wanting to make the income, uh, for my wives. It's the agents and, and the people out there that don't have those habits. They're the ones that are struggling. They're the ones saying, I just want this. I just, I deserve it. I'm, a, you know, I'm so motivated. I really want to be successful. I want to do this, this, and this. Well, that's great. What are your habits? So let me ask you that. And first of all, yes, I agree with that. Wait, 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 hold on a second. I yeah. want to say something. Yeah. I am not motivated every day to get up at eight in the that's morning. That's what I was just saying. I'm not motivated. There are days, yes. there are days like, oh, I just don't want to make another dial, but I yeah. know I have to. I really feel I need to. So I, there are a lot of days I've uh, personally I've decided to take my health a little more seriously, and I've been working out straight now for a month. Every single morning at six o'clock in the morning, I'm lifting weights. Something I used to do, and and I brought it back in my life. This morning, I was like, oh my god, I just like should I take today off? Uh, I, I just get my feet on the ground, and then we'll go from there. So, and I, I don't always want to work out. I don't always want to pick up the phone. You know, there, I want to take tomorrow off. I really would like to take tomorrow off. I'm not going to because I have I have to do this yeah. to hit my certain lifestyle uh, for both me and my family. I, that, I love that you just said that because that's literally what I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, it's, it's not about being motivated every day because you're not going to be. No one is, mo- well, okay, I shouldn't say no one. I don't know anyone in my life that's motivated every day. I just don't. And I know some really, really successful people. And I can tell you, they are not motivated every single day, right? They're motivated some days and some days more than others. But the reality is the people that are truly successful, they're ones that they just do it anyway. And and they may not do it at the highest level every day. And, and I think that's another fallacy. I look at Alex Hormozzi as a great example, right? Alex is kind of a goofy guy. You, do you know Alex, Jason? I know him. I, I know who he is in social media. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a goofy guy, right? Kind of, and I say goofy, super intelligent, a little bit quirky, uh, has some things that he, he just thinks very differently about. Which a lot of very intelligent people think very differently about things than normal people, right? And that's probably part of the reason why they're successful. Well, you know, in, in listening to Alex, you know, he talks about times where he's been, you know, not motivated at all, but it, it, he still he just shows up, and even if he's just going to the gym for him, he's a big gym rat, right? For him, he might have just gone to the gym that day, not wanting to work out, but he might just show up and that, you know what, that was success that day or, you know, showing up and, and, you know, hitting the treadmill for five minutes. Okay, great. You know, I, at least I showed up, I was at the gym and I, and then from there I can decide what's my next step. And it's the same thing in business. You know, the, the propensity that people have to make money is going to be in direct correlation with whether or not they show up on a daily basis. And then it's going to come down to how focused are they on the things that will truly move the needle? You know, I was just having a conversation with one of my team members about that today. 
And he says, well, don't you think I work hard? And I said, well, no, I do think you work hard. I think you work very hard. But there's a difference between being working hard and being effective. I said, it's not enough to just work hard. I said, especially today, we have to be better than just working hard. We have to work hard doing the right things. And that means we have to look at our day and we have to decide what are the wrong things? Because to have the time to do the right things, we've got to be able to cast aside the wrong things. So let me ask you this. Other than making calls, right? So I love your 4-4, right? You're making four hours of calls a day, four open houses a week. What are the right things for you? You're a team leader with, what, 20-some-odd people on your team. What What are the right things for you every day that you find that you have to do to keep moving that needle and, and moving your business forward? So when you, when you have a real estate team, recruiting is obviously so important and, uh, and talking to agents here. So part of my four hours is actually on the phone talking to agents yep. uh, and actually just... Um, and, and trying to set up as many coffee appointments and just networking in the business. So um, because I'm still in production, I'm also on the phone prospecting for business just like everybody else is. And by the way, if you're a team leader, if you're not willing to do what your agents are willing to do, you're that's part of leadership, okay? We, we don't become team leaders, so we don't have to work. So uh, I want to, if anybody's watching this here, it is actually more work. I probably work more now than I did when I was a solo agent here. But going back to it, so I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm just, you know, I, I'm I'm on the phone at least four hours a day. I, I'm prospecting, prospecting for listings for a couple hours a day, and and then trying to network with agents and set up coffees with the agents to to talk about our model. Uh, but it's the same thing. It is I pick up the money machine. So that's and and what I'm hearing you say is that. People that are making money are willing to do what others either can't or won't. And and I say can't. I I'm okay. not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's I I agree. I it's I struggle with the can't part. I think it really comes down to won't. I mean, you know, if you're in real estate today, you can pick up the phone. I, I'm going to say one other thing also that I uh, that I learned the hard way here is also making sure you're staring at your numbers all day long. So I, I, I got a, a friend that actually teases me because I stare at my profit loss. It's right there. Uh, I, it's on my screen and I'm staring at it and I'm seeing that last month was not a good month. Uh, and uh, But I'm staring at that, looking at my expenses. Actually, Donnie has challenged me this month to drop $3,000 in my expenses, but not cut leads. So that, that's what I'm working on right now. That's my homework. Um, so you got to also, you got to have, you got to watch the business. You know, don't, don't buy the sexy zip code in Zillow just because you live there. All right. It's that's that's a great way to go broke. Dude, you know it's I love that you just said that because you know, Austin, there's a zip code that so in, in Washington State, you know, he covers the whole state, right? Uh, for those of you that don't know my son, he's a real estate agent in Washington. He's no uh, he's not just real estate, he's phenomenal. He's really? crushing it. Yeah, actually, I think he's the number one listing agent in the, in the on the planet right now, to my knowledge. I I'm not aware of anybody that's listed more homes than he has this year. Um like a but, challenge. and he, what's that? That sounds like a challenge. Oh, I'm definitely, I would love to throw that gauntlet down for you. I'd love to see you two go head to head. Absolutely. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. You guys going head to head would not only bring the two of you a ton of value, it'd bring everybody else that gets to watch it a ton of value. I'd love to see that happen. Uh, that being said, I just remembered that Liz McDonald tried going head to head with him once too. And well, we all know how that turned out. Anyway, that's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing, but you should do it. But where I was going with this was what you just said. So he covers all of Washington state in the high end area, kind of where Bill Gates lives and all the, you know, the richy rich people live that's up in that Bellevue East side area, right? Mercer Island all, all the way over to Bellevue East side. And interestingly, I don't think Austin's buying any leads in that area. None. 
And the, and the reason why he's not buying any leads in that area is because there's so much competition and there's just not enough, there's not enough ROI on the spend on the leads that he would be getting in that area to make it make sense. And so I love that you just said, don't feel like you got to buy the sexy zip code in whether, whatever lead source it is, because I think that's what a lot of people think they need to do. Truth is, that's probably the opposite of what you need to do. Actually, just this month, I cut my Zillow spend up. It's been down. It's because they keep raising their prices here. So, I, I mean, you know, the, we can talk about Zillow. There's other lead sources out there. So, I'm not trying to try and throw them under the bus. But the beauty of Zillow is they're going to tell you this is the average sale price out there. They're going to flat out say our average closing percentage is 4%. So, it takes 25 leads to close a deal. 4% means one out of 25 will return into a transaction. If you're average, maybe you're a little bit better than average. I know some people do some pretty cool numbers. Um and you know your average commission in that market, do the math. Does it make sense? Should I buy it or not? If I'm running the lead, I always said I want to make five times a return on my investment, minimum five. If I'm running, running the lead, uh, if I'm handing it off to the agents, I need to at least make two times. Uh, I had a shift that that's one of my shifts this year when I dove into wrong what's going wrong is like start over i cut off all the leads we're going to start from scratch and i said five times if i'm running the lead at least and two times if i'm handing it off to another agent there and uh and zillow's four percent close rate so do that math so if, if that math works in those sexy zip codes buy it if that math does not work in the sexy zip codes but works in a zip code that's let's just call it not as attractive for whatever reason buy that zip code it's okay it, it, it's really okay yeah, I love that. But that's the thing. The problem, I think, is that people are not, they either, I think a good chunk of, of real estate agents just don't understand their numbers uh, and, and or they're not tracking it properly. Now, I know you use the Clubwell Stat Tracker, which is very helpful with that. And I, I'm, I'm glad you're using that. And I wish I could get more people using it. Um, but, you know, you've got to understand what it costs to bring a lead in, what it costs to handle that lead, what it costs to convert that lead, what you make when it closes. And you've got to understand what is my ROI on every single lead source. And if you're not doing that, I promise you there are agents out there. All there a lot, Most agents are throwing money away on a good number of their lead sources. And speaking of lead sources, by the way, Jason, before you jump in, let me, I'm going to throw this out there. For those of you that would like, we've got a list. There's about 109 lead sources that we refer to our clients. I can give you guys a list of 31 of those, 31 of our favorites. If you're interested in getting a copy of our 31 favorite lead sources that we recommend to our coaching clients, just type in, send me the leads in the Facebook comments here. Uh, if you'll just type in, uh, send me the list of leads or send me the lead list or whatever, uh, then I'll I'll send you a DM with, uh, with a link to where you can get those. But uh, Jason, go ahead. What were you going to say? The other number you have to work in, a lot of times we just look at return on investment, especially if you're running a team in particular, maybe not as much as uh, individual agents, is how long does it take for these deals to close? Uh, the cash conversion cycle is so important, and that's something that's overlooked. Uh, you know, the nice thing about Zillow is our cash conversion cycle is just over 60 days for us. So, you know, the, the, the return on isn't great on them, but it is profitable. The beauty of it is it comes quick as opposed to something like a Facebook lead, which will cost, you know, this four or five bucks in my market. It's not expensive, but they take 18 to 24 months to close. So, and it's great. I need to close deals in 18 to 24 months from now. I still, I'm definitely going to need closings here in 2025 and, and 2024. But uh, so the, the, my kind of my model is like, hey, we're going to mix it up with all sorts of different lead sources. That way, make sure the agents and everybody are getting paid right now. But I'm going to be I'm still getting paid down the road. So our Facebook closings this month are a lot of our things I generated a year or so ago. 
And that, that's also why it's, if you're running a team, it's so important to diversify. One other thing I just want to talk about Zillow here, I, and and, I'm, and I got several agents in my market that I'm thinking of. Um, I watch them on Facebook and they close all these deals. And, and I, I know how much those leads cost. And um, I even had a conversation with one agent one time where she told me that if I don't close this deal, I can't pay my Zillow bill this month. And there's a lot of people just buying leads to pay to buy leads. Yep. Think about that. So yeah. you just got to be very, very careful. Dive into your numbers. Um, it, it's just it's just so important to make sure that uh, that uh, you're turning a profit. You know, and that's kind of went back to the first question that you asked is how do you make sure you make money? That's one of the ways I make sure that we're turning a profit is just, uh, you know, making sure that we're not buying the sexy zip codes. We're on marketing is not buying that stuff here. Even my Google pay-per-click that I manage, I could get a lot more leads if I wanted to, but I got to keep my bids accordingly so I can make sure I'm getting my ROI, appropriate ROI on it. Well, and to your point, by diversifying, you're able to make sure that but the agents are fed today so that they don't starve, right? So they can make some money and get some closings, you know, and, 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 and stay in the business. Uh, but you're also got to make sure that you've got enough high ROI, which oftentimes means longer cash conversion cycle lead sources. Uh, but the ROI ends up being higher because you have to nurture them for so long. But now, guess what? Now the company gets to finally start to make a little bit of extra money because the cost is lower uh, than it would be for a higher uh, or sorry, a lower ROI, faster cash conversion cycle lead source. So that diversification is really important. And knowing how to balance that is certainly very, very important. Uh, and frankly, that's a big part of what your coach should be helping you with. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the things you need to be reviewing with your coach. You need to be having that conversation with your coach uh, and ensuring that that you're putting money where it should be put now and that you're that you're really analyzing. And this is where I think it gets really tough because we get our egos in the way. And some of the times we look at stuff, whether it's a lead source or whether it's some other part of our business, we look at some of these expenses and we decide, you know, I really... I really need to have this expense. This is something that's necessary in my business. And the reality is it probably isn't as necessary as you think. And again, this is where I think it helps to have someone who's not you look at your P&L, uh, someone who understands it, someone who is where you would like to be, which you know all of our coaches are a tier above the people they're coaching. Um, and and really have them take a look at it and say, yeah, no, Jason, you shouldn't spend that. because. And it's funny because Jason, you coach a lot of other people. And you're having that same conversation with the people that you coach, and it still helps you to have that conversation with your coach, true or false? Well, one of my coaching clients today, that was some of our homework, was to co cut silly expenses. I literally, that was the note I put in there, cut silly expenses, because there's a lot of 19, we could 1995 a month ourselves to death in this industry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and But at the same time, as I said earlier, Donnie, who's my coach, uh, Donnie Morrow, um, he, my homework for it is to cut $3,000 in bills. So, um, and it's not easy. I'm telling you, cause I have it all and I'm stressing at it and I've gotten $600 so far off, <laughs> so, hey, it's 600 bucks. I, but I, that's good. But that's, that's part of coaching. So the, actually the same advice I pass it on has been, and it's, and it's, and I'll, I'll find another $2,400 in there and I'm, but I have to do it without reducing my lead flow. That was my homework. So I got to find $3,000 of stuff uh, to get rid of and not reduce my lead flow. I love it. That's good advice. And here's the thing. Even if it's, and I'll tell you, sometimes, and this is going to be hard for some agents to hear, sometimes it's not in your business that you're going to have to make those cuts. Sometimes it's in your personal life. 
Sometimes it's cutting the cable bill. Sometimes it's cutting eating out so much. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe buying that new car, maybe getting rid of the car that you got and getting a cheaper one that you can pay cash for. And so you don't have a car payment. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things that can be cut. You know, maybe it's just, I'm not going to drink Starbucks anymore. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places that we can cut expenses and reallocate that money to make us more money. Um, and so let's, let's, Shift gears for a minute. And by the way, Susie, I, I will definitely get you that list. I appreciate you commenting. Anybody else that wants that uh, lead sources list, uh, just type into the chat that you'd like. It us. is a great list, by the way. I, I know that list. I've seen the list. I do request it all the time. And, and it's a, it, it is, you want the list. Yeah. We update it every year, uh, you know, and so, you know, we look at, you know, what what's working, what's not working. And so, you know, we pull stuff off there and we add stuff onto it every year to make sure it's really the best lead sources list out there. Uh, and so, and Susie, yeah, I think that that uh, Susie's saying, yeah, they become dependent on AI. She's talking about the agents getting even more lazy. Um, and I think uh, Susie, to, you know, to your point, I think that's going to get worse too. I think as AI takes hold and, you know, I mean, and our AI is going to hopefully continue to get better and better and better as well. And I think that as that trend continues, I think you're right. I think we're going to see a lot more agents get even more lazy. Uh, but Jason, I want to, I want to shift gears and I want to talk to you about something that uh, you and I debate from time to time. And uh, you probably know. Why am I nervous all of a sudden? I just got anxiety. I'm having a little bit of a panic attack right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It's not fantasy football. I'm not going to give you a hard time about fantasy. So, well, but what I'm I'm talking about because that we just that that's proven. I could just print screen and show who's in first. <laughs> okay, hey, season's not over yet, brother. All right. That being said, um, I want to talk to you about first of all investing in real estate and investing in your business, right? So we've got all these agents out there that, you know, there's some that are doing very, very well right now. And there's some that are struggling a little bit right now. Uh, I think a lot of people are tightening their belts right now. I think that's across the industry. I think most people are tightening their belts right now. Um, and I, I get that. But what I really want to talk about is, should they be investing in real estate? Now, you know, I'm a huge proponent of investing in real estate. And I know you're a huge proponent of investing in the stock market. And I, I'm going to share some advice that I, uh, years and years real ago. Estate. I, I okay. real estate. Okay. I real estate. Okay. Okay. So we're, so we'll, let's, let's. And I let's, have been making offers. I'm just not, they haven't been good enough. So I. Okay. But I'm I, very excited to hear that you're making offers. I really am because you know how passionate I am about investing in real estate. I truly think that that is the, the most predictable, simple way to build wealth in America today. Uh, that really anybody with a modicum of intelligence can do. I don't think, I think it takes more intelligence to invest in the stock market than it does to invest in real estate uh, for for what I consider to be not as good a return. I think you can get a better return in real estate. Now, this is where you and I have kind of diverged ways just a little bit in terms of our opinions on this. But before we go there, I want to share it. So when I was younger, I was dating this girl and her, her dad owned a steel mill. Uh, this was, I was, you know, probably 18 at the time. And this guy was loaded. I mean, lo this guy had more money than anybody I'd met to that point in my life. Uh, and I asked him, I said, and I can't remember his name now. It kills me. I can't remember his name. I don't remember the daughter's name. I liked him more than I liked the daughter. Is that weird? Uh, like, I wish I wish he was cooler because, well, that's not true. I love my wife. I'm grateful for the woman I married. But, I, man, I'll tell you, I, I, I would have been more interested in this girl if, it, it, just because of her dad because uh, he was just so fun to talk to and so intelligent. And I asked him, I said, so do you invest in the stock market? Do you remember what I did? Did I ever tell you what he told me? He's right. Go ahead. Yeah. He says, why would I invest in somebody else's company when I can invest in my own? 
And so what I want to ask you, Jason Lash, uh, and, and most of the real estate agents that I know, most of the real estate agents that I know that have invested in the stock market or in crypto or any of that other stuff, that's not real estate, have had moments where they've done well, but more often than not, on balance, they don't do anywhere near as well as they could have if they would have just bought real estate. Now, you, Jason, are a lot more successful in investing in the stock market than most real estate agents I know, but you're also a really intelligent guy and you watch it like a hawk. And so help me out here, man. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm seeing you're starting to buy some real estate. That's good. What What do you think, man? I, Is, I bought real estate. I, I, I've had real estate on an offer over a decade, so about a decade. So uh, I'm not anti-buying real estate as an investment. Okay, I, I want to make sure you understand that. Yeah. I, I have rentals. I, I have a rental, a duplex. Um, I led this weekend. I wrote 12 offers. Um, wow, good. I, I got I got zero accepted, but I wrote. But I have no yeah. problem sitting there watching football and just throwing offers sure. out there and seeing what happens. It's and see what sticks. I'll, I, I'll I'll do that all day long. So I, I'm not anti-buying real estate. I feel that's important to diversify. And I want more than one type of investment. So, and I do like stock market too. So I made some trades today, and I did pretty good today already. Uh, and just took me a few minutes. So, and uh, and I got I made money today. So, but uh, that works too. It all it all works. Um, you can just put your money in trust and get the nine percent return on investment if you just want to do that. But but yes, I I, I enjoy the stock market. I have studied it. I I don't know everything. I I don't think I'm nearly as smart at it as you give me credit for. I appreciate that. There's a lot of people a lot smarter and I like to read what they're doing and um, and try to duplicate that as much as I can. Uh, but I like stocks and I like and I do like real estate. I, I, it is nice to have that steady stream of income. I'm going to also say there's risks in both. I, I don't feel sure. I don't yeah. feel real estate is as risk free as a lot of people think. Okay, but what's more risky, real estate or the stock market? What would you say has got more risk? You won't like my answer. I want to hear it. <laughs> I, I, I think the I, I stock market, I would say it's you less think, risky. You think I, the I, stock market is less risky than real estate? Uh, well, buy rentals. Uh, we'll say buying rentals. I just, it seems like, every, seems like every rental I buy, I, I, at some point, I'm going to have to put 20000 20 to $30,000 into it. Fair. Okay. I, I would, and by the way, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that the, so if I'm renting it out, let's say $1,200 a month and I have to keep putting 20 to $30,000 into it when tenants move out to remodel, to repair, do all that other stuff there. Um, and, uh, I, you can turn a profit and I do really well in real estate too. I like real estate. I want to go back to that, but I have, that's something I've ran into multiple times. Like here's another $25,000. So I got one rental right now. I know it needs a roof. That's going to be eight to $10,000. I'm going to have to put into that thing on that roof. Uh, and I'll probably do it sometime next year. Um, you know, we're, we're profiting about a, about $1,100 a month on it. Do the math. So am I going to make money on it next year? It's tough. It's tight, okay. you know? Okay. But let's back up. I, I, I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. And I think that it's, it's hard when you have, one rental or maybe even two or three rentals. But when you've got five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 rentals, now you've reached economies of scale. And, you know, you don't have, it's not that every one of them has these issues every month. Or at every the same month. time. I, I know a guy that bought, just bought some real estate in Chicago and got a $50,000 assessment. Hey, I just, I had one. Okay, let's talk horror stories. I had one. Uh, just in the last few months uh, where there was, uh, 
they they put a red tag on a project that we were doing. We were fixing a railing and porch and whatever. It doesn't matter. We took a, a rot a rotted back deck off this house, and we had we we're going to install concrete steps. Well, they red tagged it, and come to find out, they were this city. Also, it was in Chicago. Uh, was fining us. These little cities in Chicago are the stupidest rules. Uh, they were fining us seven hundred and fifty dollars a day uh, until we acknowledged it. The, the long story short. $50,000 fine. And they never notified us. They never called us. They never sent us a letter. They never sent a certified letter. They never did anything, no contact whatsoever. And when we fought that and we said, hey, wait a minute, you guys got to tell us. You got to say, oh, no, we don't. We don't have that. So I get that. But get this. All Listen, my just real quick, Mike, how much do you rent that place out for? Do you know off the top of your head? I know you got several I rentals. What do you, what do you think? Month. I know. Yeah, what's your profit every month off that property? Profit every month on that house right now is twelve hundred dollars a month profit. But right. watch this. Hold on, now it's not over because I'm not paying a fifty thousand dollars fine because right. I'm married to Tara Hellickson, who's an amazing negotiator, and it's, she's hard to say no to. And uh, Tara got it negotiated down to fifteen thousand dollars, which still sucks, and it means I just lost a year's worth of income on that property. I did. So yeah, so, so you did. So hopefully nothing that goes wrong, and and you don't have any vacancy in that home this year, and you don't nothing Which else I happens. Won't. But here's the thing. But guess what I got? Guess what I got? What I still get, even though I lost the profit, the cash flow, the monthly cash flow on that property for the next twelve months. Guess what I got? I got my mortgage paid down every month. I got the appreciation that's happening on the property, and the biggest one of all. I got the tax, I got the accelerated depreciation tax deduction on that property, which has allowed me to not have to pay taxes. Um, and you know, and you start looking at the benefits, it far exceeds just the cash flow. And that's where I get that there's some risk. And I and, and if I only owned one property, then yes, that would be a concern. Fortunately, we own lots and lots of properties. And so the others make up for that when you have those moments. And and you know, at any given time, you're not gonna have. 50% of your portfolio have a major problem. That's just sure. unrealistic, right? Um, and so I so guess- you should, So you should diversify your portfolio is what you're saying. Okay, now I know where you're trying to push me. I know just, where you're trying to push me. I don't own one stock either, by the way. <laughs> so. But yes, I agree with you. I, I think that it's important to get diversified. As and now I'm not going to say buy as many as possible, as fast as possible, only because- I want, to your point earlier, I want people to remember they have to have reserves. It's very important to maintain reserves, um, regardless of whether you're investing in the stock market or investing in real estate. Absolutely. That being said, you want to get to 10 properties as fast as you can, because, you know, if you, and even if you get to five, five is pretty stable, but you got to, you really want to get to 10 properties that cash flow and you want to buy for cash flow. And I think the, the, the really where you're going, Jason, just like there's lots of different ways to invest in the stock market, there's lots of different ways to invest in real estate. And I'm a fan of some and not a fan of others. I don't right. love you know, like flipping property to me. That's just active income. Uh, you know, that's like having a job and, and you take oh. that active income and you want to buy stuff that you're going to keep mm -hmm. for a long time. I also don't believe in buying for appreciation. Yep. Right. Because if, if you're buying for appreciation at some point in time, there's going to be a hiccup in the market. And it's going to bite you. And a lot of these, these gurus online right now are starting to feel that. In fact, what's you, one of our clients or it might've been one of our coaches was telling me, that they just bought a property or listed one. I can't remember if it was bought or listed. And this guy was losing 600 of homes to foreclosure. 600 homes to foreclosure. That's appreciation. Dude, that's crazy. That's exactly what he did. He was, he was you know, times were good and the market's never going to go down, right? I mean, why would there ever be a problem? 
And so, you know, he was living in dreamland. So, Jason, bottom line, what I'm hearing you say is, yes, you believe in buying real estate. You also believe in buying in the stock market. Can you give me a percentage? Like, what's your gut? Or do, you, do you know an actual number of what, you know, like if what your portfolio in stocks has done in the last decade versus, you know, I'd, I'd love to compare that to my portfolio in real estate over the last decade in terms of percentage growth, cash on cash return. Yeah, I may see since I switched to a new platform, I, I could look it up. I, I'm not going to bore you on this call here, but since I switched to a new platform, I'm going to say uh, I switched this platform. I, I moved to E-Trade just for whatever reason. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and since I moved to E-Trade about probably six months ago, I'm up about about twenty percent cash. I got about twenty percent more cash than I did uh than I did about six months ago. And the market's been phenomenal the last eight weeks or so since September was rough, but market's been really really good the last uh, couple months. So, okay, but uh, I'm, I'm probably, probably a little less than twenty percent. I'm going to say, I'm going to go conservative at fifty. Okay, so I'm very active in though this. It's not passive for me. Uh, I want to make that very clear. I I, I got to touch that thing. So that again, that's I appreciate that transparency there. So here's the big question I've got to ask you: If you could go back in time, and you could, you know, let's say you could go back a decade ago, okay. and you had to make a choice. You had to either buy real estate or you had to buy stocks, and you didn't know what was going to happen in the future, right? You you only knew, like you. In other words, you can't say, "Well, I know Microsoft's going to go up this much, so I'm just going to put all my money in Microsoft, and you know, we'll see how it goes." That that's not that's not an option. You don't have you're, you're not clairvoyant. You just get a chance. Can I take away the option? Also, knowing that real estate's going ten years ago, that real estate's going to stop crashing and not appreciate. Yeah, you don't know any either one. If you could go back a decade ago, which would you do? Not you know, if you didn't have you know, knowledge of what was going to happen in the next decade. I'd still diversify. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time going off the diversification. <laughs> I love a hard it. time with that. I love it. I just, I, I mean, what I might not have done. I might not have gone to Vegas though, and played craps that one night. Which <laughs> <laughs> I think is like playing the stock market. I, I think the stock market is gambling. Unless you're, and, and let me say this, you are very intelligent about how you manage your stocks uh, and how you invest in the stock market. So that being said, I won't belabor the point. Uh, what my message to everybody watching this would be is that I am a huge fan of investing in real estate. It's very predictable. It's very me too, by the way. I, I, I love investing in aim. Just keep investing. Do something with your money. Get your reserves. Put it someplace. Don't let it sit in your bank account. Yeah. And and got compound interest is we all need to be have compound interest. Real estate, whatever, wherever it has to be, you got to do something with your money. Uh, we're we're not going to save ourselves into a good retirement. You know, and and I'm glad you said that, and, and I like the way you said that because you know one of the things, and this is possible if someone's really intelligent and is investing the way you are in the stock market, then then they could take, you know, if they don't have a lot of money right now, maybe they don't have enough to go out and start investing in real estate just yet, you know, with putting normal down payments down. Obviously, there's ways to buy for nothing down and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get into too much of that. But at the end of the day, what you could do is you could start, you know, kind of putting some money aside in the stock market so you can get a little bit of capital out of that and and then take that money and invest it in real estate later. I just think for most people, it's unrealistic that they're going to get the kind oh, of return. When I mean- yeah, with these 12 offers I made, the, the plan was to take money out of my stock market and to yeah. put it into real estate, but because I want, I need more diversification there. I wasn't taking money anywhere else. That That's where that, I was planning on funding it with some of my profits from the stock market and move it over. 
Perfect. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Okay. So last thing I want to share, and I want to be respectful of your time, Jason. I know that you need to go and, and I, I appreciate you being on as long as you have, but I want to ask you, what is your advice to everybody watching today? I think, you know, the vast majority of the people that are watching right now are real estate agents. And so what is your message to the real estate world? You know, we've got, uh, and before you answer, let me give some context. We've got uh, interest rates that are probably going to continue to go down at least a little bit more um, and have already come down quite a bit. We've got uh, real estate agents that have gotten out of the industry in droves uh, and that have either, you know, out, are out completely or out or at least have gone part-time, you know, dual career. And we've got lawsuits that have happened like crazy uh, that a lot of that have a lot of people scared, a lot of people concerned about, you know, is this career going to even exist uh, in another, you know, 24 to 48 months? What do you think? What's your advice? I'm, I'm going to go back to and this could be a long conversation here. Where, okay. and neither right. you and I want to do another hour on this, but uh, you got to control your controllables. And this is going back to what we're talking about. I don't care where you're at in your career. If you're a brand new baby agent, if you've been in the industry for a thousand years, if you're like me trying to still grow a team, um, or even Donnie, who's got 60 agents team, it, it's all about habits. It's about what are you going to, what time are you going to get up in the morning? What are you going to do with your day? Uh, our health, our income and everything is a reflection on our habits. And so it's that simple. It's that basic. So control what you can control. I can't control the lawsuit. You know, I can control about maybe moving some money into trusts and stuff like that, which sometimes I'm doing just to be safe. That's smart. But then what I got to do is I got to go sell homes. If I'm going to sit there and read about this all day long, that's a bad habit. It's going to affect my mindset. Uh, if I'm going to sit there on social media all day and read about wars and fight politics and all this other stuff, and that's, again, bad habit, affects my mindset. If I get up in the morning and, and do what I have to do for marketing for social media, turn it off here and, and get on the phone for four hours, that's a pretty, that that's a money-making activity. That That's a lucrative habit. So it's, again, stick to, we've talked about this before. I know it's, it's almost getting cliche. Stick to the basics. You got a money machine. We all got money machines. Use it. We all got six-figure jobs. Go cash those checks. And it's up to us. Mm -hmm. yeah, you yeah. see, so somebody that's watching right now that says, well, I haven't made six figures. What you're saying is, no, no, no. You have a six-figure job. Whether you're making six figures or not, you've got a freaking six-figure job. Yeah. You just got to go get it. You got to get into the right habits. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's all That's all it comes down to. Yeah. So the challenges I had this year were a reflection on my habits I had last year. The, the, it's, it's my fault. I, mean, we, we, I can point fingers and all that, but if I had different habits last year, I wouldn't have gone through, I wouldn't have closed a hundred less transactions this year if I would have maintained my habits. I got fat and comfortable. Uh, it, you know, if, if I had better lifestyle habits, I'd probably weigh 180 pounds. You know, yeah. it's, it's all habits. It's, it's all habits. Everything is, is our habits. So yeah. you know, we can even probably keep going into our personal relationships or whatever. It's about habits. Yeah. I agree. Jason, yep. love it. And so Jason Lash, everybody, tier five, 250 to 500 transactions a year in Michigan. He covers the entire state of Michigan. Uh, so those of you that uh, would like to send him referrals, I know he would appreciate it. Uh, and Jason, how would someone get a hold of you if they want to just pick your brain, send you a referral, whatever? How would they get a hold of you? We've talked about social media is a great way to communicate with me through, uh, you know, through a private message there. But you can also call me on my personal cell phone. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go a step further. If anybody not just send me a referral, if you have any questions about real estate, if you need help, shoot me a message. My personal cell phone is 616-821-1350. Welcome to shoot me a text. Uh, I'm happy to help out. Obviously, I, I welcome referrals, but I, 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 I'm having so much fun coaching over the last few years. Whatever I can do to give back to the community, I'm, I'm happy to help. And uh, this has been fun, Michael. I appreciate this. I appreciate this opportunity to talk.
No, you know I, mean? I love the sound of my own voice. So you give me a platform to, to listen to my voice. So this is, this is great. <laughs> no, but I think a lot of people get a lot of value out of these and we get a lot yeah. of great feedback. In fact, I got a lot of flack for not, uh, you know, cause we discontinued the podcast for a period of time. And, and I yeah. had a lot of people kind of give me some flack about that and say, Hey man, you need to bring the podcast back, bring club Wealth TV back. And so we have, and, um, and Jason, uh, two more questions I have for you, uh, real quick, just if you could just really quick, the Club Wealth uh, half day events. Uh, I know you're a big fan of those. Tell me why you like the Club Wealth half day events. Why should somebody attend? Um, and and I'll say, do, tell me both with half day and the full day events. But start with half day and then maybe mention the full day ones. I mean, you're just here, Michael. So uh, first of all, I I get a lot out of listening to your presentations. Uh, the you did the blueprint in Grand Rapids, and that was that's a phenomenal presentation. So if, if Michael's coming to your market to do the blueprint. You got to go see that. I took notes and and you've coached me personally. And, and I, even I'm back there with my notepad, writing a, a few things down and agents on my team are actually holding me accountable. Like, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? So uh, it, it was great for me. It's great for the community, uh, great for the real estate community in, in Grand Rapids. We don't have opportunities uh, to have people like you come to Grand Rapids. Um, I can't even think of the last time someone has came to Grand Rapids and uh, a real public speaker. So it's it's awesome for the community. It's all that gives you an opportunity to give back to uh, to real estate agents. From a business standpoint, it's a phenomenal networking opportunity. Uh, I've leveraged it to, I mean, I'll be honest, I've, I've leveraged it to grow my team. So I have, there are agents on the team that I first met when you come to Grand Rapids. Yeah. So it, it, it was great. And uh, from the last time you're here, I do have one agent. I, we do have a brand new agent that was there that pulled me aside and said, I'd like to talk to you. And he is on the team now. He's been on the team for about a week. So um, you that's awesome. I'm glad you're If you're a coach, yeah, you got to have Michael to town. And and if you're, you know, I know you have an events calendar on your website. So uh, if he's coming to your town, if Michael's coming to your town, got to go. You got to go. And to find those events, guys, just go to clubwealth.com forward slash events. And uh, Jason, final thing, 30 seconds or less, why coaching? Why, why coaching with Club Wealth? You only give me 30, I'm down, I'm down to 25 seconds. Uh, so, I, you know, there's a lot of things at Club Wealth. I could go on and on and on here, but I'm down to 20 seconds now. So first of all, the community is huge. Uh, I was talking to Liz right before our conversation with Liz McDonald here, and I got to send her a message back. So we're talking about different, uh, uh, we're talking about hierology, to be honest with you. Her and I have a conversation. I love the fact that I have a network of good friends that are high producers that uh that i can bounce ideas off of and, and we we're in the car in seattle i even told you this michael's like it's such a it's almost weird if i had a and i actually personally recently did have a personal health scare mm -hmm. guess who i talked to just like i went to any other friend i went it's like oh my gosh i have a problem and i want to talk to i just they're my friends so the community the network in the community it's just a, it's a special place it's something I, I i don't even know how to to explain mm -hmm. uh the coaching is phenomenal i i you know i tripled my business without working more hours since I joined Club Wealth. Is that not enough right there to get you to join coaching? So, and uh, on top of it, if that's not enough, we get referrals. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, 25,000 oh. this year, by the way. Isn't that crazy? It's a line item. It's something I track in my CRM. Club Wealth is actually a line item in my CRM. So you're talking about a line item for need? positive income. Yeah, so an income. Yeah, no, it's a lot for lead sources. We track at lead sources. Uh, so it is a line item in there. So, and, and by the way, if you get into it, you should probably at some point seriously consider being a coach. I will tell you, I've learned more from coaching people like Virginia Corber, uh, from, from Dawn, from Kelly Licky. I, I get to sit there and look at their system all the time and like, oh, that's interesting. Actually, uh, Dawn Sharp. She's supposed to send me some uh, some Excel spreadsheet stuff that she's doing right now. I was like, that's pretty freaking cool. Send that to me. 
Love now it. let me coach yeah. you. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I love so it. It's great. And that's it's a great idea. There's so much to be learned, especially if you're yeah. if you're if you're focused on learning. So awesome. Jason, want to be yeah. respectfully attentive. Thank you so yeah. very, very much. Thank you, Michael. It's fun. I can't wait to see you next time I get to see you. 87%. Yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something. Why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just want to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you want to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you want to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you want to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something. You need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session.